Christian greetings to each one of you this morning. It's good to be with you. Um, for whatever reason, um, so some of you I know are visitors maybe and don't understand the way our conference always does things, but we share preaching responsibilities throughout the conference throughout the year. And for whatever reason over the years, um, the Rubik's Cube hasn't had me at Hepsiville very often. And I can't remember, really, it's, I didn't go back in my records, and I, I kind of keep track of where I, where I preach and stuff. And, but I, I can't remember the last time I was here. It's probably been, I don't know, three, three years or so. Um, but I get to, it seems like I get to Berkeley and Bethel quite, quite regularly. So it, it really is good to be with you all this morning, even though I, I wasn't on the Rubik's Cube to be here this morning. And so um, our children are going to music camp, and so they're looking to hitch a ride. So that's what got us here. I didn't quite just slip through the back door. We, we live in unprecedented times today, and... I don't know how that all affects you in your walk with the Lord as you listen to the news, as you uh, just interact with life. Um, there can be days where it's doom and gloom um, if we're not careful to look through the lens of, of, of Scripture and through the... Um, the, with the grace of God. But the day in which we live, you know, at one point, uh, a number of years ago, you know, I, I would have kind of come to the thinking like, you know, our world is climaxed, right? You know, there's everything has been invented that's going to be invented. There's, you know, um, people were, um, at some point you just reach this climax and it's like, you know, you, you can't learn anymore and, and our world's going to uh, maybe begin to decline. Well, as I've continued to, to grow older, I've realized that that's not necessarily the case. Our world is declining spiritually, but our world does continue to learn more and innovate more, and there's, in many ways, there's a, that's an endless cycle, uh, if, if you will. And that can become an end in itself and become a problem for mankind. But the day in which we do live, uh, it's, it's amazing how, how life is rapidly continuing to change. And we live in a day now that we have the ability to talk to anyone around the world in live and real time, whenever you want, for a cheap price. That's very different than it was just 10 years ago. That, that has changed significantly. We have at our fingertips the, the ability to learn just about anything and train, train ourselves uh, without really anyone's help uh, other than the device that we carry around with us. We have a tool that we go around with that is more powerful and has more capabilities and technology than what put man on the moon. And that's kind of 
in some ways blows your mind, but that's what we carry around with us. And so uh, what that means is you can precisely calculate exactly where you want to be, when you want to be, thousands of miles away from right here. Um, it, was, it was crazy. A number of Sundays ago, we, we enjoyed watching SpaceX, uh, the rocket take off from, from Florida. And we can see that from our house. You probably can too if you know it's taking. You can, if you know you look, where to look in the sky at the right at the time, you can see that thing shooting up from Cape Canaveral, Florida. And uh, several days later, we were flying in an airplane to Alberta, Canada, Canada and it's at night, and, the, and the, uh, the pilot says, hey, look out the left, uh, look out the left window, and you're going to see these, this gamut of, of satellites coming across the sky. And, and, and so what happens with this rocket that was put off, it lets all these satellites out, satellites out in space, and there they were. It was a magnificent sight. Um, and it's, it's, it's amazing what... what what man can, does, what God has given man the ability to actually do. But, uh, so with all this ability, yet there are some striking statistics and concerns. You know, there's more loneliness than ever before. With all this connection, there are more depressed people than ever before. Now you could look at it from a numbers side and say, well, the, the, you know, the, the world is growing and growing. Of course there's gonna be more depressed people. Well, actually, I'm not sure that the world is actually increasing in population anymore. That, that may be starting to um, tip and, and decline. I, I'm not exactly sure. But be that as it may, there's more depressed people than ever before. There are more people with less skill levels than ever before. And that's becoming a, a problem in our society. It's interesting that, especially in the United States, that the workplace is looking for options beyond colleges. Isn't that interesting? So how do we interact with the world that we live in? In an ever-changing world, there actually st still is hope. You know, we can start dwelling on these uh, difficult statistics and stuff, but even though the world is changing at an unprecedented rate, there is something that isn't changing, and that is the, uh, that God's word is still as relevant today as the world continues to change. It's as relevant today as it always has been. And this, thing, this, this, this scripture will always be relevant in whatever day in which we live. Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. What I want us to consider today is, is, a, is the question of how is the abilities and the technology of today affecting our relationships in the church? And again, like I just said, the encouraging thing is, is that the Bible, don't forget this, is relevant for this subject as well. 
even though times are changing. Over the years, I've, as I've grown up and continue to grow up, I've been to numerous events that have impacted my life. And I'm becoming more aware and convinced than ever of the influences of these of events, you might say, gathering of people. What is changing, though, in, in the day in which we live, is that these events are coming to us daily. And they're impacting our lives. It is more critical than ever to be intentional about what and who we are a part of. So farming was my occupation for years. I, I try not to get too far away from that, even though I really don't farm that much anymore. But when I was more involved, I guess you could say, with the farm, we went to seed meetings, field days, uh, farm shows. And, and for you farmers, you, you probably do that for those of us who are in different occupations, we go to different events. But for the farm, we went to, yeah, these events that help to keep the training and, and so forth up with where the industry was headed. You know, in our Mennonite culture, we, we like to, sometimes we joke about, you know, having to have a snack or a meal with any kind of function. Well, while that may happen, that's not unique to, to Mennonites. It's, it's, it's something for mankind. Yes, God did it way back in the day, and, and, and all groups get together, and that's something they, they uh, enjoy doing for all kinds of different celebrations and events and, and so on. But when, we, when I went to these field days, yes, often there was a meal involved. But these events were so much more than that as well. You know, we mingled with lots of people from the farming community. We learned about the latest products on the market, developed relationship, and of course, we always normally had a delicious meal. And you know, there's many times I, I, I didn't feel like going to those events. But you know, when after Dad prodded me enough to go and we went, it was always you come back with something that kind of gave you energy to keep on farming and try you know, something else to continue to grow and get better. I was ready for another year. What is it that as we go to these events that facilitates this type of inspiration? What is it? Is it, is it just friendship with the, the people there? Is it simply a love for farming and we get together and that just, just builds this love to keep on farming? Is it a, a special brotherhood? Yes to maybe all of those of, uh, of, as part of it, but I think there's more. And the word that I want us to think about this morning is camaraderie. I don't know that that's a word that is a we use a whole lot, and, but yet I think it defines what I'm talking about this morning. The culture of camaraderie. We go to these events 
and we meet up with fellow comrades. It's a, it's a mutual trust. It's a friendship among people who spend time together. It's a spirit of friendly good fellowship. There's something in common. There's, we're, we're headed to, we're doing something that we have in common and we enjoy doing perhaps. Maybe we don't enjoy it, but there's a camaraderie there that we can identify with one another. Dear ones, the culture of camaraderie is influential. It's very influential. Think about the different groups that do things together. They, they have similar interests. They, they identify with one another's struggles. They, they spur one another on. And it seems like they're close to one another. You think about some of these groups. Bikers groups get together and, and they go bike riding. Well, is it just bike riding? That, that's, why, why do those bikers groups, why is there such camaraderie there? You think about firefighters, and some of you may be on the, the local fire group, and, and that's, that can be okay. But there is a very strong camaraderie that, that goes with that. Fitness clubs, farmers. I think probably farmers are known to have a certain amount of camaraderie. Teachers. Teachers have camaraderies, and that's good. The culture of camaraderie is influential. We could go down through many, many of lists. You see, I believe Satan has figured out that he can get you by influencing your camaraderies. And today, our camaraderies, I don't have my phone with me, but our, our, our camaraderies are in our pockets. There is this group and there is that group. There is this podcast and there's that podcast. There is this person to follow and there's that person to follow. We see posts from everyone in our contacts, um, WhatsApp um, statuses. I mean, you just see it. And without thinking, those begin to be a certain amount of camaraderie. And we don't even think about it. And I'll, I think you'll understand as I, can, as I go along here. This type of connection, this type of communication, really, some of it isn't really even communicating. But this type of connection, connectivity, begins to diminish the need or perhaps the desire for a camaraderie that is to supersede every other camaraderie in our lives. We are studying the book of Hebrews in our Sunday school class. And so the sermon this morning, you're going to get to discuss this more in about a um, little over a month away. So I'll give you some things to think about, and you can discuss them more in full. But turn with me this morning to Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 to 25. Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. And, and like has already been mentioned this morning, uh, the theme of Hebrews is a better way. And we've heard that numerous times today already. And, it's, and really the core of, 
of a better way is is it's it, it, in Hebrews it's it's about Jesus who who came as the the sacrificial lamb for our sins. And so I'm we're just breaking in here, verses nineteen, and we begin reading. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, through the veil, that is, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I want to stop there just a little bit. We're not going to unpack all of this here this morning, but what is being referred here um, by the writer is he's encouraging the Jewish brethren to, to leave the old Levitical system behind, and we now have a new and better way, and he's trying to Get, help them to get a grip on this. And he, he says there in verse 19, having boldness or maybe think of it as having a confidence. Maybe another word for that. I don't know if it's quite right, but yet having an assurance that uh, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. He wants his people now, they can have confidence that Jesus has come. He's died and his blood was washed their sins away. And so as, as they live life now, they can be assured that of this, of, of, of what Jesus has done for them, and that they can live a, a steady and victorious Christian life. There is a, now a better way. Jesus came and he showed us the way and he consecrated himself for us. And Jesus, he, he's, he, he wants us to know that he wants us to have this confidence and a sincere heart about this walk and commitment with him. Then verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I'm going to ask you this morning, how do you do that? What does that look like? How, how are you going to live life in the day in which we live? Uh, I want to skip down a few verses um, to the end of verse 25, and I'm going to give you a sneak peek. And it says, and so much more as you see the day approaching. I want to piggy tail that back into this verse here in verse 23 as it says, Hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. We must hold fast to our commitment to Jesus Christ. How are you going to do that this morning? What does that look like in a, in a, in a, in a day, in, in the end times, when there's so much pressures out there to, you know, we don't, how do you know what truth is? How, do you, how can you trust anyone? Who is there to trust? Who do I trust? Who do I don't trust? And so what does it look like to remain steadfast and faithful in our Christian walk? Well, I think that's where verses 24 and 25 come in, and that's where I get the title for my sermon, even though it doesn't use this word, and I think that camaraderie 
encapsulates what I'm what it's trying to say here. And let, let us read 24 and 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I think there is, therein lies the answer to help us to live a steadfast and faithful Christian life. So the point, the first point is the comrades of Christ are number one. The comrades of Christ are number one. And it says that right there in verse 24. Let us consider one another. We need to consider one another in the body of Christ. Uh, and and I, want, I, think, I think it means not just all over the world necessarily, but there's a priority to our, 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 our fellow brothers and sisters in this body as number one. There are number one comrades. While, yes, the, the, the church at large is a, a, a global church, we must realize that the well-being of this camaraderie right here at Hepzibah is vital to each one of our spiritual well-being. Go back to the farming illustration, and I've, I've realized the impact that this has had on me, and I, I tell, told, I've told my brothers, I'd, I've gotten over this now, and, um, but I've told my brothers that if our farm is going to be successful in farming, we're going to have to continue to go to these events that I, that I had mentioned earlier. It's not just a fun day to go have a good meal every, time, every day, or not every day, but w when those events happen. Um, we go there, and there's information, there's contacts, there's camaraderie that, that is... That, that you gain there from those events, events that help keep us up to date with the challenges of modern day farming. And if you begin to tune those things out, you start losing those resources and you're gonna face a tough road ahead. Don't think that you can just strike out in farming all alone, no. There's other people out there walking the road and we can learn from them. We can help one another. You know, what is it that I spray this certain spray and that weed doesn't die? What are you doing that kills that weed? All of a sudden, there's, there's this new disease coming up from Florida. And, and what are they doing to, to fight it? Yes. The culture of camaraderie. The fellow, our comrades of Christ are number one. If, if this is, if, if we think about our other, com our, our, our worldly camaraderies, if I can use that term, if, if they have significance, how much greater significance is it for our spiritual well-being? Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. It doesn't mean that we 
we want to be a witness to the world, and that's very important. But it it's not, doesn't mean that um, we turn our nose at anyone. It doesn't mean we love anybody more or less. But in life, you have to make some priorities. And the scripture gives us, I believe, the place to prioritize the fellow brothers and sisters, number one, in, in, as we prioritize our lives. We need to put high priority on prioritizing our local brotherhood. Now, I want to I get more practical here. It wasn't more than probably 10 years. You think about 10 years ago. What's changed in the last 10 years? And, and you think about ladies and, and you know, sewing circle. And, and ladies, you, uh, I guess it's similar over here as it is over there. But you get together for sewing circle. And, and what's sewing circle about, by the way? Is it just to come and sew, sew blankets for the Augusta Hospital? Is, is that what sewing is, is all about? Yeah. Um, that's, that's sewing circle. That's, that's sewing. But you think about 10, 15 years ago, well, there's actually more that happens or should can happen at sewing circle. You get to, you ladies, you get together and you talk about this that happened in this person's life, and and you talk about um, you know your child is man just you're pulling your hair out, and and sewing circles more you know so you're talking about that, and, and you're also it's it's just a, it's a good day to get out of the home and get a break from that, and, and you find energy as you get together with fellow sisters who are walking the same journey or fellow sisters that, that are past that stage or sisters that are just coming into that stage. That was 10 to 15 years ago. But you know what's happened today? You get to Sewing Circle, and guess what? You don't know all of that stuff that's happened because you've seen it on status. You've seen it on whatever groups that you've had. And so you get to Sewing Circle, and there's no cool news. And so don't be surprised when Sewing Circle isn't as fun anymore. And guess what? When you don't come to Sewing Circle, it's like, I need something else to do. And so now these young ladies are doing all kinds of other things. And not that they're all bad. But you see where I'm going is all of a sudden our camaraderies begin to get spread out and get spread thin and sewing circle isn't like I mean it's not like we need to just if you don't go to sewing circle I don't, I don't want to indicate that you're you're missing it here I'm using that as an example of of how times are changing and what we're going to have to do and and again it's not like everything on our phone is all bad but what what's I think Satan is figuring out is that our camaraderies he's spreading them out and it's, it's easy for our church brotherhood to feel that. I still remember many, a number of years, yeah, many years ago, well, uh, a number of years ago, I was, I was young, and y'all know Michael Strite. Michael Strite, for those of you who don't know, Michael Strite comes from here. So his, his dad's sitting right up here. So he was, I was a young guy sitting, sitting over here in the church. Well, actually, I was still with my parents. And, and Michael was dating. And I still remember the Sunday where 
you know, there's announcements or things to share. And he, he got up and said, I'm, in, I'm engaged today. And man, the, you know, the, the congregation, we were just so thrilled that, that they clapped. Well, again, we come to church and we done, we done knew all that news. I think those are ways that we can, we can maybe start bringing some camaraderie back into the church, if you will. Those are special things that this church needs to know first. Instead, we're letting people in Thailand know before the people right here at Hepzibah Mennonite Church. Again, is it wrong? No. But I think we're making, it's, 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 it's practically living out the comrades of Christ are number one. And when, when church becomes just dealing with problems and, you know, get together and you just hear me preach and so forth, the camaraderie begins to, to dwindle. So this, this kind of uh, can play out in so many areas. It can soon become overwhelming, if you will, as you begin to prioritize um, your camaraderies. Uh, but we do need to think about this. And there's so many things to do these days and, and, and so on and so forth. You know, we have Hartwell meetings, we have ladies and men's seminars, we have men's chorus, we have mixed chorus, we have Bible conferences, and, and you know, that's just of, of the church side of, I mean, church-oriented things. Then we have our, our business groups, we, we have our firefighting groups, we, we have all other different groups that are, that are out there to be had. I just want us to think about this morning, though, Comrades of Christ are number one. Comrades of Christ are number one. And you begin prioritize. We're going to look at another. The third point is going to make this even more practical. But you start thinning that out. And it's no wonder why church has less. You know, you feel like the, 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 the you know, church is losing its whatever. And, and it starts when we begin prioritizing all the other things that are, are to prioritize. The second thing, point here that we see in these verses is, as we think about the culture, a good culture of camaraderie, and that is exhort one another. Stir up love and good works. Again, if I can go back to my farming illustration, when we go to farm meetings, there's a lot of discussion on the woes of farming. You know, you, know, you don't have to go very far. I mean, I don't like to be the negative farmer. I, I like the positive farmer, but there's lots of woeful farmers. And so when you go to these events, uh, you, they, they exhort one another. We can relate. Those are things that make a strong camaraderie. Ladies, when you go to sewing circle, uh, sewing circle, no, I'm off of that now, but uh, when you go to the women's, let's say the women's seminar, 
There's classes on everyday, practical, what you're facing issues. Good marriages, managing your house, relating to your children. And I don't know that I ever hear of times when you, you come home and, and you haven't been encouraged. That's good. It did something for you. That's part of exhorting one another. It's, it's stirring up love and good works in your spiritual journey. That's what needs to happen. That's what we need to cultivate as a church. We need to discuss the challenges of our lives and help one another in these challenges as we face them. We need to just put down three areas of as we think about exhorting one another, stirring up love and good works. We need to comfort one another through difficult times. That's a way we... Um, it's what, tremendous about a, a, a healthy church camaraderie is that we're there for one another through the difficult times, uh, encouraging one another, helping one another out with meals or, or whatever the case may be. Tremendous blessing. We also, as our brother just mentioned this morning, uh, we warn. Uh, we need caution that, uh, to help us see maybe where that fence is at times, not just know that there's a fence there, but we need to warn each other, caution one another as brothers when we, when we sense danger. That's critical for a good, healthy church camaraderie. And then thirdly, strengthen. We need to be, teach our fellow comrades uh, to live out, to strengthen one another, show them how to bend down and, and to help one another. So much so much could be said here on, on this point, but we need to stir up love and good works in, in one another. You know, the Bible talks, gives us lots of example on, on how this looks, and we're not going to go into all of that this morning. Then thirdly, we see here in, in Hebrews, in verse 25 there, it says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. I don't know what, you know, again, I don't know what all they were facing here and, and what the, the, the concerns of the writer were. But um, it, it may have been that some of these people were, you think about, again, they, the people here were were. They needed help getting from the old Levitical way of the doing things to the, to the new way. And so we'll give them some leeway. There was, there was transition there that needed to happen, and, and they had to, to, learn, to learn some things. But whatever the, the case may be, um, they had to be brought along, and they needed to, um, they needed to realize that uh, they couldn't just go do their own things. The, Doing things together was, was a critical aspect of, of their walk with the Lord. Not forsaking the assemblings of yourselves together. Regardless of the matter, when other things began to take precedent over our, 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 the church's, I'm going to just call it the church's camaraderie, the brotherhood camaraderie, it is not good for either one. We just, I was thinking about it this past week. You're going into a week of, for your, your, your summer Bible school. 
And this is something over the years I've wrestled with. So we have a adult class at, at Barnwell as well. And there's been times where it's like, man, that class can be kind of small. And it's like, well, is it worth really doing that? And um, yeah, you know, just wrestled with that some of the years. But we've stuck with it. And we still have an adult class with our, it goes along. I mean, it's, it's for everyone. And even though that, you know, the class is small at times, and I was just thinking this past week, what a, I think that has been a blessing to, to our, our summer Bible school, but more than that, to our church's camaraderie. And you start feeling, these are the types of events where you really start feeling the church's camaraderie. You start making exceptions to do this, that, and the other. The church feels it. They know, they can sense when there's other things that have just a little bit more priority than what's going on at these events. Here again, it, it gets real practical because the minute that I start, uh, well, you know, I've got, yeah, I mean, there was some brothers this week that really had wheat to get off to get their beans in. And, but let that be the exception. Let, let that be, um, I know that those brothers are committed. And I know that that is very much an exception to the rule. But that's a very fine line to begin walking. You know, growing up, like Wednesday evenings, church, like there was hay that could be baled. And you start making exceptions to, you know, like, man, all, all of a sudden, the, the hay all need, always needs baled on Wednesday night church. And you start sliding into that church starts feeling it chad's not there because there's hay happening on wednesday night and you know what it's not good for me either because i'm missing out on the camaraderie of the church it goes both ways make sure you know farm meetings it, it, it the list goes on um you know there's a once a year farm meeting that falls on you know a church you know, church event evening. What are you going to do? Well, again, there, there, are, there needs to be exception to the rules when we do those things. Because so how do you prioritize? When is it okay? Well, we as a church, we don't speak to that. I don't know that we should. But we need to personally take responsibility to, to not take it lightly, the meeting of ourselves together. And I think that's what this scripture is talking about here. Again, we can all make little exceptions for all of our lives. And before you know it, our church is scattered because we're not making church a priority. I remember my Uncle Daryl. He's passed away, as many of you know. But he went to serve in Romania for a couple years. And when he came back from Romania, I remember him and my dad and me and I don't know, maybe another brother or two. We went to a, a farm meeting and went to the farm meeting and ate a good supper and heard him talk about the new seed varieties and the new... Um, chemicals that were to kill the, the seeds. And just in two years on the way home from 
from from that meeting, Oncadero was like, man, I've only been going two years, and half that stuff there is new to me. You know, that's how quickly, and this was 15 years ago, you know, that's how quickly stuff was changing then at that point. And, you know, that's just left an impression on me. You know, we think that, you know, we'll miss, you know, a few times of missing ain't, ain't no big deal. It starts adding up real quick when it comes to the, the camaraderie of the church. But it's also your spiritual well-being. It's the spiritual well-being of this body of believers. Remember what we just read in verse 23 there. It's talking about walking, uh, what's the Bible say? Uh, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised us is faithful. And how are we going to do that? That's what we just talked about this morning. That's what the Bible just says. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Wow. You know, I think part of the trickiness as we, as we get closer here to the end times is deciphering what that looks like. And we're all just going to have to um, just take, you know, take it personal responsibility, you know, to, to make this practical. How am I going to make sure the brotherhood, uh, that the, my spiritual well-being is, is collectively as the camaraderie of this church? And um, you start thinking about what's that look like? And I think it, I think it, it, we don't, we, it can become, soon become overwhelmed. Like, what am I going to do to curb all this stuff? Well, you know, it, I don't think it'll take much. You start making some little efforts here and there, the church will, will know it. You know, um, you, you, you decide to, uh, the next dating couple, you decide to announce your engagement here at church, and, and that'll catch people's attention. And I think your brotherhood will appreciate that. You're laughing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I think, we, 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 I think we're identifying with that. Um, and so it's little things like that, and it's amazing how you can start the trend of coming back with just a few, few uh, strategic things like that. So bless you to whoever the, the next dating couple is that want to change that, <laughs> that trend. That, um, when I preached this sermon at Barnwell, there was a dating couple that had just started like two days before, and he wasn't quite ready to break it. That, that, that morning, but uh, anyway, uh, I trust that this has, has uh, hit home and uh, encouraged you, because uh, man, we live in, 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 we live in a time such as this, and it doesn't need to be doom and gloom. What, what, what a blessing it is to have just brothers and sisters to, to walk this with us, and we just want to continue to invest in one another first and foremost, but we do want to take that to the, to the rest of the world as well. So may the Lord, Lord bless you. Let's sing a song.